listener. We just want to talk. Yeah, 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 Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. I ran for president to unite the country. But having said that, I certainly detect an increase in tempo of Ukrainians getting ready just in case the worst happens. This is a crisis of Russia's own making, and it's going to be a conflict based on Russia's decisions going forward. I think we should all hope that diplomacy wins out. And we feel it's important to be open and candid about the threat from Russia. With Russia's continuing its buildup of its forces, um, around Ukraine, we are ready no matter what happens. Governor Newsom explained why his mask was off in the photo. You'll see the photo that I did take um, where Magic was kind enough to ask me for a photograph. Uh, the rest of the time I wore it and I uh, encourage everybody to do so. Jack Riccardi, 4 till 7, News Talk 550, KTSA and FM 1071. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Magic Johnson wanted a photograph with Gavin Newsom? I wasn't born yesterday. Gavin Newsom wanted a photograph with Magic Johnson. Come on. Come on, man. KTSA News Time 407. Good afternoon. Welcome to our dreadful little show. Jack Riccardi on KTSA. Hey, this is pretty big. Uh, The city of Denver is dropping its vaccine requirement card uh, rule and its mask mandates. Uh, they say the Omicron vi- variant has run out of fuel in Denver, Colorado. Mayor Michael Hancock announcing we're just going to learn to live with it. Wow. Where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah, from us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, progressive city, progressive state, Colorado. Um. Saying we're done, we're good. There was a um, what's being described as a massive brawl at a Golden Corral in suburban Philadelphia. As many as forty people were throwing fists, uh, throwing uh, punches, and throwing chairs. There was a dispute in the steak line where you go up to get steaks cooked to order, and. Uh, Violence breaking out at Golden Corral, says KYW. Company that owns the restaurant called the police. Police are investigating. Uh, One man telling Fox 29 up there, I heard about the big fight. Everybody is on a short fuse these days. You think? Something something going on with people these days? What was your first clue? And then... um, Starbucks is in the news today, so Golden Corral is in the news today, and Starbucks is in the news today. Now, this is not new, um, but there's a guy that's kind of reawakening this controversy uh, because he leaked an internal memo from Starbucks to their employees. Starbucks has a, a thing in their training uh, where they um, train people who work there to be transactional. And I know what you're thinking. Does that mean they can use either restroom? But no, that's not what it means. It means that when you start to see the same person coming in or coming up to the drive-up window, you're supposed to make a mental note of their name or something about them, like they always get a particular drink or some. maybe they, you know, 
maybe they were they're wearing a badge that says they're a nurse or they're a teacher or whatever so you you notice something about them you remember their name and you befriend them you make them feel like a regular hey good to see you susan and um this guy leaked it or posted it and uh he's complaining about it he doesn't like it he doesn't like that starbucks is teaching the baristas to be friendly to the customers i have another question about it why do we have to teach people to do this do we have to teach people to do this i would think if you worked in a situation like that and you did recognize someone wouldn't you just naturally remember their name or try to be friendly or i mean if not that's fine too but this doesn't seem like something we'd have to teach people this just seems like humanity be a human being be a decent human being because it does beg the question now does that uh does that guy at starbucks does he want to be my friend or does he just want to be employee of the month wonder right now you wonder i thought he liked me now i don't know we got to talking about this this morning on uh, the sean rama show and i asked a question i want to ask it to you now we're going to open up the phone lines what was the moment as we're entering year three of covid19 what was the moment in these last two years that eroded your trust in the so-called experts or politicians, what was the thing they did or the moment where you knew, wait a minute, they don't know what they're talking about or they're lying or they're hypocrites. We talk about moving the goalposts and the goalposts have been moved again and again and again. What was the goalpost move that did it for you, that broke you? When was the moment that you either thought, I don't trust these people anymore or I'm not going to do what they say anymore. And and for me, it's 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 a very clear one. I, I have a very clear memory of this. We were a few months into this thing, and we had been hearing the whole, um, you know, s- stay home, uh, don't be reckless, no big gatherings, and then the George Floyd. Uh, Riots and demonstrations began right after Memorial Day. And those were fine. There was no criticism or denunciation of them. There was no pearl clutching about how they were going to be super spreader events. And then when asked, when, when reporters finally got around to asking, well, why, what about these things? You're banning everything else. The answer was, well, Racism is a public health issue, and therefore it's okay to gather at these protests in the name of combating racism. In other words, the the COVID will know not to go there. The COVID will go not to infect people that are protesting the death of George Floyd or policing or what have you. And for me, that's when, you know, okay, no, that's not science. That's just preferences. You're just playing favorites. This isn't about science at all. And you may have had a moment. You may have had an incident or a moment or something somebody said or a decision that was made. We had a lot of different ones called in this morning. 
like to hear yours. What was the moment you knew or the moment it began to erode your trust? 210-599-5555. So before the George Floyd protests, we had protests about the lockdowns. I don't know if you remember that or not, but there were protests at the state capitals in some states. There were protests outside city halls and school boards and different places, and people were denounced for doing that. They were, they were told that they were selfish and ignorant and white supremacists, and, and they were acting on privilege, and they should go home, and they were going to kill people, and they were going to kill themselves. And We cannot have people gathering. We cannot have beaches or parks not to mention small businesses. It was interesting that the big businesses could stay open, but the small businesses could not. So those protests were all uniformly denounced and broken up. And then the George Floyd protests happened, and they were not. And look, I, I, we know why. And it's not a surprise. But it gave the lie to the science. Right there. Because if big crowds were dangerous, then those are big crowds. Period. Doesn't matter what you're there for. It doesn't matter if it's a doesn't matter if it's BLM or an Eagles concert. It doesn't matter. Right? Um two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. What was the moment? What was the moment that you started to doubt this whole thing? Uh all the advice, all the orders, all the barking and yelling and mandates. What did they do? Or what did you see or hear? And we'll start with Jeff at 210-599-5555 and KTSA. Jeff, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. I enjoy your show. Well, thank you. The moment that hit me is when they uh, took the doors off the hinges of our border and allowed everybody to come in with total disregard for the Americans' mm-hmm. health and really their health because that's their security. So that's the moment that hit me. The jigs mm-hmm. up. Something's up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because not only a pandemic, but almost any so-called crisis usually leads to at least temporary, you know, crackdown on the border, crackdown on immigration, a, a halt, a, a freeze. And and you're right. There was no care, no concern given to that at all. No, even medical screening, from my understanding, uh, Jack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. Anyway, it's I a good point. So. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Annie is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. What was the moment, Annie? Hey, Jack, love your show. Uh, Thank you. For me, it was very early on when I would hear how they would count and separate um, or or combine, rather, the from and with COVID Mm. deaths. It just, Mm -hmm. I mean, you learn better to count better than that by third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. That's not how you count things. Yeah, we had a a lady this morning say that I think it was her step-grandfather was in hospice and died with her. COVID and was counted as a COVID death, which is insane. Yes, I heard her. I very sad story. He had cancer. Obviously, he was, you know, unfortunately knocking on death's door. But, yeah, that's how they counted him, which is ridiculous. And and so we don't, you know, we we know it's a real thing. We know that, that, that there are people that have died from the complications. But, but it's hard to have faith in any statistic when you know that they're doing those kinds of things. They're getting caught doing exactly. those kinds of things. Yeah, thank you, Annie. Good yeah. call. Uh, Brad is on KTSA, 210-599-5555. Hello, Brad. Hey, Jack. How are you? 
Good, uh, thanks. My moment came, I never forget, it was the weekend before uh, that Thursday that the CDC was going to uh, announce that we didn't have to wear a mask. And this was the Saturday before that. And I was standing in HEB and I was looking around at all these people wearing masks for, and bandanas and masks down around their nose and thinking, this is just insane. None of these things work. And I ripped off my mask. And I've never worn one since unless I absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it kind of was it, a liberating feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think they really played on people's civic spirit at first. It it felt like you were being asked. It felt like, you know, this is the home front in a war. And if you're asked to do something that's inconvenient, well, you're supporting the, you know, the fighting man uh, you're, you're supporting him back here on the home front. They tried to stir that up, but the mistake they made, I think, was that in, in times of real war, the elites pose or at least act like they too are making the sacrifice. So if you can't have butter, they can't have butter. If you can't, you know, you're not supposed to do this or use that. And, and, and even if, even if that was mostly theatrical, they at least went through the motions of it, say, during the rationing of World War II. They, they I think they thought they could steal a, a, a page from that playbook, but they don't have the discipline, these modern day elites don't have the discipline to deny themselves dinner at restaurants or maskless moments or, you know, what have you. And so they couldn't pull it off. And then they got mad when they and embarrassed when they were confronted, and that turned into fury. They instead of being humble, or even maybe reconsidering, they doubled down. They they got more angry at you because you had called out them. I think that was true for a lot of people. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. What was the moment that you're? Trust in public health either began to erode or went out the window. Sam is next on KTSA. Hi, Sam. Hey, bud. Uh, love the show. Good job doing what Thank you're you. doing. Thank you. Uh, I would say when they uh, put Sleepy Joe down in his basement bunker to run for president, that to me was like, that's ridiculous. Really? Is that necessary? Oh, that he couldn't be, mean that, meaning that he couldn't be out on the campaign trail or anything? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, to me, when when they did that, and then the rest, everybody else was still trying to do something somehow, some way. That to me, I knew that didn't pass the smell test for me. That's when mm-hmm. I went, something's not right about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing that that worked as well as it did because he had already been out there enough for us to see that he was, you know, the cheese was sliding off the cracker when he was running in the primaries, and he was having all the remember all those weird moments he had in Iowa where he would yell at somebody or called him a name because they asked him a question and i i guess they thought well we've got to stop that we've got to nip that in the bud so we'll once we get him safely into position to be nominated once he's you know on a on a clear glide path for the nomination which was like you know mid mid spring of of 2020 now we're going to put him in wilmington and and leave him there and we'll do car rallies once in a while and we'll do some zoom calls I don't know. I would have thought enough people had already seen what was happening cognitively to Joe Biden, but I guess it worked. I mean, it did work. It's, they're gonna. I'm telling you, they're gonna write books about this. Th- this was a very unique 
and um, bizarre presidential campaign. I know everybody's focused on the actual voting and what happened with the votes, but but just the campaign itself um, is without. There's nothing like it in modern day presidential elections. It it it, it broke every rule, and and the guy won, or at least got in. So there'll be, and and I don't think we've seen the last of it. To be honest with you, I I don't think it's the last time you'll see somebody try to run from their, you know, figuratively or literally their basement. So, uh, what was the moment, or incident, or something you experienced, something you saw on television, something a politician said, that kind of um, blew the trust out of the water for you not that that we're we're ever completely trusting of politicians and public figures but you know public health experts everybody barking out orders and mandates and back when covid was still new maybe this is your first pandemic you know um what was the moment where you realized this is a crock and for me it was you know, weeks and weeks and months of no gatherings. Don't you can't celebrate an anniversary or a birthday. There can't we can't have any of that. Why you'll kill people if you do that? Do you want to kill people? And then the George Floyd riots and protests happened. They weren't criticized. Nobody said we really shouldn't do this. We really got to break these up. This we can't allow this. And when they were questioned, they said, well, we're not breaking them up. We're going to allow them because racism is a public health issue, too. We have a pandemic of racism. So they can have these protests. And what a slap in the face to everybody who had their own legitimate reasons for wanting to gather. 210-599-5555. Mary is on KTSA, the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Mary. Hi. Good afternoon, everyone. Um my COVID moment was when, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, the CDC said and wrote on the page, do not drink aspirin. Um, my sister had COVID with her husband and kids, young kids, teenagers, at the beginning of the pandemic in March. And uh, we were told by the government, right, or the CDC, that do not drink aspirin. Well, my sister saw on Facebook this video of a family that their grand great grandmother told them, do a lemon tea, put three aspirins, boil it, and drink it. And their experience was that the, la- the next day they felt fine. Well, um, of course, I don't. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the only thing that you could um, take by then was ibuprofen. Well, we were debating as a family what should we what should we do, and we went go ahead and say, okay, so doctor says stay home, get healed, die home. Well, take the risk and take their aspirin. So my sister, her husband, and her teenagers, my niece and my nephew, drank three aspirins um, each. Okay, Mary, kind of cut to the chase because I'm, I'm, you're losing me here. What? So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is that then further on, months after, when two Italians did the autopsy on um, people that died from COVID, they discovered that they were getting blood clots. And that's the oh. moment where... I, I got to be honest, I never heard this about aspirin. I don't ever remember hearing this, that you should not take aspirin. Like, no one should take it, or just people with COVID shouldn't take it? What What was the I, thing you heard? This was at the very beginning of the pandemic. The CD said, oh. do not take aspirin. Just take, I, I believe oh. it was Tylenol or Ibuprofen. If you and get COVID. On, 
if you get later COVID. On, yes, if you get COVID. Okay. Later on, okay. they discovered it during um, okay. um, when they opened the bodies that um, COVID was causing blood clots. Okay. All right. That's that's. Oh, thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. That's kind of not where I want to go with this because I that I've never heard that before, and it may or may not be true, but. I'm I'm thinking more in terms of like something that made you skeptical of whether the people making the rules and making the the orders really didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And it should be something that we would all have heard and and be aware of when it happened if 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 you know what I mean. So 210 that's the kind of moment I'm talking about. I can't I can't get too we can't get too personal with these, you know what I'm saying? 210-599-5555. Eric is on the radio. Eric, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack, man. Thank you so much for having me on your dreadful little show. Oh, well, you're, you're welcome. Hey, hey, listen, you know what it happens to me is whenever they said that, you know, uh, you know, once we get everyone vaccinated, we could end this pandemic, meaning to oh, yeah. me, and I'm sure to the general public, yeah. that, you know, oh, we've got a cure for this. Well, yeah. you know, I got to thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. We've never cured one virus ever. Ever. Is that not true? Well, I think what you mean is uh, vaccines are supposed to stop the spread of a virus in a population, but the virus itself still exists. It still finds a host or it, it goes somewhere else. And all, as you're right, I mean, viruses continue to live in nature. They continue to find hosts. The, the hope with a, with a vaccine is that you can, uh, limit it and control it in your, in your population, your vaccinated population. And and they did make it sound like once we get this thing rolling, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be stopping, uh, COVID. They even said if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. Um, and, and I want to play this. Let me play this because I think this goes to your point exactly, Eric. Let me play this thing from, this is from March of 2021. Don, it's cut number one we're going to play here. This is March 2021, so almost a year ago. And it's Rachel Maddow on MSNBC just having a hissy fit over why you won't get this vaccine. Damn it, you've got to get this vaccine. Listen to this. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Mm. Wow, that's some Pretty heavy-duty misinformation coming from Miss Rachel. I wonder if Neil Young will demand that his music be taken off of MSNBC. Talking about that moment or that incident or that soundbite or what have you that began to or totally destroyed, uh, either began to erode or totally destroyed your uh, confidence in or your faith in all the proclamations from the health experts COVID-19, and Chris is on KTSA. Chris, good afternoon. Hey, my my 
incident is not necessarily related to COVID-19, but sort of loss in faith. It wasn't a specific moment in time, but over time, the whole TSA theater just it drives me crazy. There, I mean, it's all theater to make us feel safe and taking off your belt. Isn't keeping me from <laughs> well, right, a, right. Attack. But I mean, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, are you saying in other words that we did kind of a version of TSA safety theater with COVID? In other words, that's why yeah. they kept yeah. certain requirements, even after it was no longer scientifically proven. Yeah, yeah. I got to take off my belt, but if I'm over seventy, I don't, and you know, right. under twelve, right. I don't, and it's right. just the same concept of this theater of the mask and things that are supposed to protect us really aren't doing that much for us. Yeah, it's, and it's going to be interesting because when these various places are lifting their mandates, they're going to get pushback from people who will be freaked out. Right? There are people that will feel naked. Oh without their mask and and they'll be pressured to put the rules back just to placate those insecure people right i I totally agree yeah i mean some people i mean i've heard people say it i've heard people say oh my god i was in a crowd and nobody was wearing a mask and i thought i was going to die i mean they're having panic attacks because they liked it better when they looked around and everybody was masked up i agree and thank you chris i mean it's one thing to say hey if you want to wear it keep wearing it i'm good with that I'm, I'm not, I won't, I won't hassle you. I won't, I won't say anything. I won't raise an eyebrow. Wear it for the rest of your life. But don't make all of us do that because that's the only way you feel you can go out again. Um, and I, I was saying this the other day. We can, we can love the people in our lives that are never going to let go of this, but we cannot put them in charge. And some of them have been in charge. And we can't, can't have that. You know, it would be like it would be like if you put somebody in charge of the airlines who was afraid of flying, or you put somebody in charge of of the cruise ships who was uh, afraid of the water. Um, you, we can't have people making rules for an open, free society whose fear complex is so great that just the sight of a human being without a face mask on makes them feel like they're having a gun pointed at them. 210-599-5555. And there will be, I, I think Chris makes a great point, there will be that kind of security theater going forward. Well, we're going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to maintain that. And there won't be any real reason for it other than they're just trying to, you know, split the baby, right? Well, we got to throw a bone to these people that are nervous and afraid of it and stuff like that. Kathleen is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Hi, Kathleen. Hello. The new normal. It was oh. everywhere. The oh, new normal. I hate that. Which means what? What is the new normal? This is the new normal. Uh, they warned us. The new normal. The right. new normal to me is you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And, and, yeah. and you can't say anything about it because we, we, uh, we need you to be miserable. Can't do anything yeah. that would feel good or that would be enjoyable. Th- those things are too dangerous now. Yep. And it was everywhere, inundated everywhere. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't buy it. I, I don't, I can't even abide by, the, not, not to you, but when people use that term, I tune them right out. I can't even take that. It was horrible. And it was right up at the beginning and they, they pushed it hard. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, thank you, Kathleen. I do think they counted on 
people's good faith, and people responded in good faith. You know, the, the 15 days thing, which now sounds ludicrous. I mean, I like Mike Pence as a person, but <laughs> that just sounds totally whack, right? Um, but that was the whole civic spirit. Come on, we gotta, we're here on the home front of the war. The boys are fighting over there. We're going to do our thing here on the home front, roll up our sleeves and do our part 15 days. And, um, yeah, the new normal. If you notice, by the way, the people that proclaim the new normal, they don't have to change anything they do. It's just you have to change. It's really your new normal. Their normal stays the same. They're, they're running around doing whatever the hell they feel like doing, and we keep seeing them do that. But you have to have a new normal, they've decided. 210-599-5555. Uh, what was the moment or the realization or the statement or whatever it might have been? Ted is on KTSA. Hi, Ted. Hi, Jack. Uh, my moment came early on, uh, first part of 2020, when the first time that we were advised not to use N95 masks, mm-hmm. I distinctly recall seeing that on one of the news channels, that proclamation, and I distinctly recall turning to my lovely wife and saying, they are full of crap. And didn't they say that because there weren't enough of them? And that was a bunch of hooey. You can you can crank out N95 masks by the millions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. millions and millions. It just it, it it's uh, it's not a thing. It wasn't a thing. Um, and Re- remember the remember the first time you saw remember the first time you saw Nelson Wolf with the bandana around his around his face like he was like he was robbing a bank in a in a John Wayne yeah. Western. He'd he'd ridden into town on a broken down mule to ro- to rob the bank. I mean, right there you thought, wait a minute, how can that be medically valid? I still see people wearing bandanas even after they just turned one eighty and said everybody needs to wear an N ninety five or K N ninety five now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean you if you can wear a bandana, they might as well just let you hold your hand up in front of your mouth. <laughs> Well, walk around with your hand up. All right, Ted, thank you, sir. John is on 550 and 1071 KTSA San Antonio. Hi, John. Yes, I said that was actually early uh, on that uh, I I saw that it was political. When everything everything Trump said uh, was assaulted, disbelieved, whatever, uh, they changed Mm -hmm. their tune as soon as Biden became president. But, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things I I studied early on was, uh, well, first of all, I came out of the medical field, so I got N95, you know, way before this all started. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the things, listening to a scientist I found was, first of all, this wasn't a vaccine. And also, you remember the correlation between... Chicken, uh, with, uh, okay, but 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 and, hold on, hold on, hold on. But uh, you know? just what was what was there like a particular moment or or incident or something that was said though that was pivotal for well, you? Those are all good ones. But what was the what was the one thing? Well, well actually, uh, it it was. Uh, I think maybe the the turning point there was when uh, Trump was saying some of the uh, uh, things that could help you. Uh, if you were sick and whatever and recover, uh, early on they, they started attacking them, even though we knew that a lot of those things had been used for years and were safe to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when my family took them, they actually worked well. 
so uh, I knew early on that they were just attacking him because do, it came. Do from they the realize? Do they realize? By the way, that they promoted. I mean, if you're thinking about like hydroxychloroquine, they promoted that more than he did by becoming so, you know, unhinged and hysterical at the mention of it. I mean, that's what made people curious about it. If he had just said what he said, it would have been a one-day story. But because it, they went so bonkers over it, I think it, it convinced people to, to dig in and look more closely. That the, they, have, they greatly overestimated his ability to promote these drugs or alternative treatments or whatever you call them. Um, and, and whatever you think of him saying those things or favoring those things or whatever, I, if you know anything about human nature, it's sort of like, it's sort of like if you, if you announce that a particular movie is obscene and no one should see it, more people go see it. If you announce that the new rock album has obscene lyrics and they're so awful, no one should even hear them. People get curious. It sells more of them. It gets to the point where people want that kind of notoriety. You can't buy for hydroxychloroquine the kind of publicity that the media frenzy and, and, and foaming at the mouth objections brought it. They couldn't have, they couldn't have had an ad campaign more effective. Take a couple more of these. Moment, an incident, a statement, an interview. Public health officials started to lose or did lose your faith during this COVID timeline what was that moment for you like mine was seeing them with the with this egregious double standard on the george floyd riots and protests those were not only okay but but healthy whereas any other gathering any other activity even another protest no can't can't have those those are those are dangerous and deadly and selfish and you're getting people killed right there you knew they're, they're, they're taking something that is real, there's, there's, there's a real virus, and they're just riding it like a horse, just, just playing with it, just waving it around, carrying out old vendettas and checking things off their wish list and playing favorites. And, you know, it, it's sad because you, you need to be able to trust figures of, of of competence and expertise you want to you want to think that when there's another pandemic or when there's some other health issue or god forbid there's an act of bioterrorism or chemical warfare you'd like to think that 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 these same people would be rock solid and they'd have a record and you'd remember times that they had walked you through and led you through the fog of confusion and they failed to do that most of them and they didn't fail because they were trying their hardest. They failed because they politicized something that should never have been politicized. And yet they wouldn't, as much as they wanted to make it political, they wouldn't ask the political questions we needed to ask about China and the Chinese Communist Party and the Wuhan lab and the WHO. So it was okay to go after domestic foes and rivals and enemies but it wasn't okay to do it outside of our borders where we needed them to do it john is on 550 and 1071 kts say hi john hi hi jack oh yeah I, you know i think it happened for me when um 
you know, I posted on Facebook and Twitter a, an article about seven, eight months ago about how cloth masks didn't work. And I was booted off both Facebook and Twitter for, for putting that article out mm-hmm. there because they said I was spreading disinformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. the thing about it is, is I found in, in my life that if someone truly believes in their argument that they don't have to silence opposing views because if they truly believe in their argument, then they'll welcome people that oppose it so they can prove that their mm-hmm. side is correct. And these mm-hmm. people, they don't care about what anybody else thinks or opposing views. If you don't mm-hmm. believe in what they believe in, then you need to be shut up, you need to be eliminated, and you need to be silenced. And yeah. that right there was yeah. my moment I realized, you know, you guys don't care about the truth. All you care about is, is, is making yeah. Whoop. I think we lost John. No, John, that's well said. And I agree. And by the way, that's not just true about COVID. More and more, we don't debate big issues. We, we, we stake out a position and then we demand that people with the opposing point of view not be heard. I don't want them heard. I mean, it's not just COVID, but COVID brought it to light, I think for a lot of people that maybe don't follow politics or follow maybe policy debates about other things, but with COVID, it didn't matter what kind of a news consumer you were, you were getting this. This was finding you. And what you saw, for example, I don't know if this has ever happened. I never personally saw it, but you would think sometime in the last two years, Dr. Anthony Fauci would have been in some sort of debate. I don't mean a debate on the stage like presidential candidates i mean like where he would go on some program and you know spend an hour trading assertions and claims and recommendations with you know i don't know maybe dr marty mccary or uh or somebody like that it it never happened and yeah when you believe like like john said when you believe something fervently having other people to push off of Makes your case look better. Makes you look better. That's why people who golf like to golf against someone else. You can golf by yourself. You can play golf all by yourself. But if you're good, you want to golf against somebody. You want to go into a tournament. Why do people do that? Because it accentuates the excellence of their game. The people with this COVID game do not want to play against anybody else. That's interesting. All right. uh, Let me grab one more here before we... uh, and then we'll come back to it a little bit later on. Mary is on KTSA. Hi, Mary. Hi. All of your callers, I agree with them all because there are more than one or two incidences of, from sure. my moment. But the biggest one for me is when he stood up there to impose vaccine mandates, and yet he's letting thousands of immigrants cross our borders. Some are sick, you know, many are sick. And they're not vetted. They're not tested. They just were allowed right. to pour over when he's standing up there telling us we have to right. get our vaccines or get fired. Or, I mean, that that was it for me. Um, we watched that people the- that have followed every rule and obeyed every law their whole life be treated like criminals while actual criminals were waved across the border. Yeah, you know, it's it's very very that's very hard for I think that's very hard for people to forget. I know people forget and have a short memory. Thank you, Mary. And we always lament the short memory of voters, right? But I think people will remember that because that wasn't just something they saw. It wasn't just a, a a line in a news story or something that was told them. It was also something that they felt. And I heard that a lot this morning too. People said, you know, that was visceral for me, knowing I couldn't do this, 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 and this knowing my kid couldn't do this, 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 and this. 
And then people that are coming into the country illegally, and I'm not hating on them when I say this, but people who are coming into the country illegally, no restriction, no curiosity as to their condition. And and we know why that is. It's not science. It's that as much as COVID was a political animal, pandering on immigration is an even bigger one. And they weren't gonna they weren't gonna suspend that for COVID. They probably won't suspend it for anything. Two ten, five nine nine, fifty five fifty five. So um there's a new survey by Rasmussen Reports that shows about half of uh, Americans in this one survey, so take it for what it's worth, want the House Republicans to um, impeach President Biden over the border, over the Afghanistan withdrawal, and other things. In fact, this survey even found a third of Democrats want that to happen. I find that almost impossible to believe. In fact, I have to be honest with you, and I I usually like Rasmussen reports, I find this entire survey very hard to believe. I, I do believe there are a lot of people who, if you say, should we impeach Biden, yeah! Because, because, obviously we're very, very disgusted with his job performance. And, if we're going to be honest, because a lot of people believe that the Democrats should get a good, strong dose of what they gave this country over the last two years of Trump's presidency. So, if you think we should impeach President Biden, and what I mean by that is that the House would bring the articles of impeachment, not not that the whole thing would necessarily happen, but they'd bring the articles of impeachment, they'd have a trial of impeachment. We all know that the outcome of that would be determined by whatever the political partisan makeup is of the U.S. Senate. It is very unlikely that the U.S. Senate would convict and remove Joe Biden. Even if the Republicans win every race that they could win this fall, they wouldn't have the votes to do that. I'm just telling you, so you don't get your hopes up. Um, But do you want the House Republicans to at least start impeachment of President Biden. Do you want that? Why do you want that? What's and let's let's just be honest. I mean, is it because yeah, I mean they should they should you know, they did it to Trump, we should do it to them. Is that why or is it that you genuinely believe these particular failures are not just incompetence and nincompoopery but high crimes and misdemeanors? Um I I really doubt this would happen for a reason that has nothing to do... I'm not defending Joe Biden when I say this. You'll find no one less enamored of Joe Biden than me. But there's a really solid reason why I don't think this will happen. I actually don't think they will even try to do it for all the talk about it. You know, you can you can hear it now, right? He'll, he'll be saying they're, they're wimps and wusses if they don't do it. And in legal terms, there's no doubt you could make the case for uh, illegally opening the southern border. That violates his constitutional duties and requirements. And he's been incompetent or worse on a number of other things. When you compare the incompetence to the 
phone call with the president of Ukraine that President Trump made, it's not even close. But Republicans also have to bear in mind that no matter what their reason is for doing it, it will be perceived as simply a political move. And people will say, well, I guess this is what's going to happen every, to every president now. So you, you don't want to unilaterally disarm. You don't want to say, well, we can't do something because the other people did it, the other party did it. But you also can't run the risk that you'll be the, the people that when you go to do it, the public will be fed up and frustrated and say, hey, this is why we put you in there. We put you in there to, to reverse these things. We put you in there to, to govern better. Uh, we put you in there because we want a divided government. And one other thing. If you are saying, I'm here, my purpose is to impeach and remove from office President Joe Biden, then what you're also saying, even though you don't want to say it, is uh, I am uh, seeking to install Kamala Harris as the President of the United States. There's no other way around that. Oh, can we impeach them both? No. no. So do you do sort of classic game theory? And say, well, they did it, we need to do it? Or do you say, hey, he's imploding under his own failures. Just If we just get out of his way, he's a one-term president. What do you think? 210-599-5555. Jan is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Jan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, the main thing is he has dementia. They don't have to go through all this impeachment. If some, I mean, if you want to follow the science, some medical doctor, let's just do a CT or MRI of his head. If he has brain atrophy or circulatory mm-hmm. problems in his brain. It, it, it does seem like proper. he's, yeah, it, it seems like something is wrong. So would that be, that would be more of that 25th Amendment thing, though, where you'd have to say he's become incapacitated. And the problem with that is, to do it, you have to get buy-in from his own people. They have to agree, and and they're not going to. Right, but the medical community should step in. There's Army, Navy, someone. <laughs> Some medical After what we've just gone through the last two years, Jan, are you seriously saying we should no. let the medical community run the country? Unfortunately, unfortunately I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I mean, I understand where you're going with it, but... It, and you're right that I think any I do believe any um, objective examination would I don't know I don't know if you'd put a name on it or you would just say it's it's a decline or whatever but but the problem still is there are people that have to do the right thing and go against their party loyalties to do it. True. And I don't think that I would happen. But I appreciate your call, Jan. Thank you. Um, so where are you on impeaching President Biden if the Republicans have the House, which is an if? They would be able to form, you know, they'd have a Republican leadership, they'd have a Republican speaker, they'd be able to form a a committee. They could bring and vote on the articles. Because they would have a majority, they would probably pass the articles. Then it would go to the Senate, and there, there, there would not be the numbers. So it would be, for the most part, it would be we are responding to what you guys did. We think we have even a stronger case, even more reasons. Do you do that? Do you want them to do that? 
do you think there's a downside to doing that, especially since it doesn't actually go all the way? You know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't come all the way to fruition. Where are you on that? 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. I I um I think everybody agrees that impeachment is going to be more frequent. Talk of it, threats of it are going to be more frequent. And it's it is one of those things that is like crack cocaine to your base. So when you as a Democrat or you as a Republican talk about it, um, you're going to get great enthusiasm from your own folks, but you don't know what or how that'll be taken by other people. And I don't think impeachment is a substitution or a substitute for making this process that we have actually work. I mean, yes, you can elect a president and he can stun and shock you with his brazenness or his criminality. But Joe Biden isn't stunning or shocking us. If you've been paying any attention, this has gone about the way it was going to go. You know, it's one thing to say, well, we don't know what the hell Richard Nixon was thinking, giving these orders and the plumbers and the breaking into the water gate. But this is not, this, the trajectory of this presidency is pretty much what you should have expected from a man whose own people made sure you didn't see or hear too much from him during the campaign. The purpose of the campaign was to obscure the candidate, not showcase the candidate, obscure the candidate. The purpose of the campaign was to obscure their positions, not lay them out. The the whole campaign for Joe Biden was really a campaign about Donald Trump. And, yeah, that worked. There was a lot of angst about Donald Trump. But... um has he done something that, oh, man, no one saw this coming? I, I can't say that, to be honest. 210-599-5555. All right. So the question on the JR poll, powered by Stevens Roofing, should House Republicans move forward with impeachment if they get the House next year? Yes or no? Why or why not? Dan is on the radio. Hi, Dan. Hey, Jack. Great show. Uh, I was telling your screener that I'm, I'm all for impeachment, but I have to say, uh, I have uh, different reasoning, maybe, than the majority of the public. And what I mean like that, uh, Democrats came across as very vengeful, spiteful. And, and the, the, the point of an impeachment is to shine light and seek the truth. And when you found the truth out, like you said about this Ukrainian letter, it was all, uh, you know, a bunch of nothing. And like the old saying goes, there's no, there's no fool like an old fool. I think we all agree Joe Biden is an old fool. Well, maybe not all of us. But uh, that would be the purpose. And I think if the Republicans said, we want to get to the truth of this, and I just heard you say that there's not anything that uh, really surprised you. And I I would kind of agree with you on this, except the one thing that really sticks in my craw is those 13 service members that died for no apparent reason on foreign soil. And he needs to answer for that because he's supposed to, you could argue, defend our country. That's one of the things in the Constitution. And we're projecting our power overseas but they were overseas protecting, uh, you know, us, our allies, and that was an extension of his authority. I, I think you make a great you make a great point, Dan, which is they need to focus on 
the one most egregious thing and not make it into a list of grievances like the Democrats did. Remember, they kept just adding things on. Oh, yeah, that too. You know, they would think of something or Trump would say something the next day and they would add that on. Yeah, that that makes it look ridiculous and frivolous. I think you make a good point. And I would agree with you that, that the Afghan withdrawal is probably the worst wielding of executive power uh, we've seen in a long time. So, good, yeah, good point. Uh, Dan says do it on the basis of the Afghanistan Fiasco. All right. So um, on our JR poll, powered by Stevens Roofing, do you want House Republicans to bring impeachment against President Biden next year? Uh, they'll be in a numerical position to do that. There certainly are credible things you could write into an article of impeachment. Is that what you want them to do? Is that what you hope they will do or not? And why? And Drew is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Welcome to the show, Drew. Good afternoon. Hey, Josh, I'll make it quick. Uh, I think we all know it'll probably be a waste of time. If you just want to do this, then please can leave it in. And keep actually pulling his blunders, shooting themselves in the foot as they're going. People are waking up all across the country. Now we can take back the house and cut the money off. And we eventually take back the Senate, we'll have it made, and we we'll start making changes again. That's mm-hmm. what I had to say. So fix things, don't worry about impeaching him. No. Well, what about yeah. start get, okay. gathering their ammunition up? Gather your ammunition. Oh, uh, right. not literally, but you know, start making preparations. Take, take the yeah. out, take the Senate. We'll do okay. our best. Well, yeah. okay. Uh, that, that that's a good. I think that's a good way to look at it. I appreciate the call. Thank you. So Drew says, get down to work. Um, one thing I will say, and in, in, in support of Drew's point, is when the Democrats went on their um, "We're going to impeach Trump" crusade. Which was delusional because they, it wasn't going to happen. You know, the, the math wasn't there for them in the Senate. They dropped everything else. And they could do that. Okay. They could do that because, and I'm sorry to say this, but Trump played along with them. So all they did was talk about impeachment and all he did was talk about impeachment. But I think it would be different this time. I really think if the Republicans are given the keys by the voters this fall, and this is what they do, they can't just do impeachment. They, as, as Drew said, they will be expected to start rolling back the radical progressive agenda, the Green New Deal. They will be expected to do something about the border. They will be expected to do something about the, the, the tatters of our foreign policy. But if all they do is impeachment, um, they will not be rewarded for that the way Democrats were rewarded for that by their base and by the media. And the Republicans also have to understand something else. They, they may have a big red wave this fall, but that isn't all Republicans. That's also disgruntled, fed up independents and Democrats. So people want, you know, they want, they want business done. And you can figure out maybe that impeachment is part of that, but it can't be the only thing. Pretty sure I'm right about that. That's all you're doing over the course of 2023. I don't think that'll go too well for you. 210-599-5555. Obviously, the founders believed that impeachment should be extraordinary, last resort. For almost all of our history, it was, it has been. But we have, uh, in recent years, impeached or threatened with impeachment 
most of our recent presidents. Donald Trump impeached twice for no particular reason other than that they had the votes in the House to do it. Should Republicans return the favor next year? What do you think? Steve is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack, and thank you for taking my call. I, I absolutely agree 100% with your previous caller and you. We, we, they have to do it. It's not a matter of whether they want to or not. They have to. We, for the republic, for the country, for the people of this country, for the Constitution, for history, it, it, there's, there's, there's not just the, the border and the Afghanistan debacle, but the, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop. It's all there. They, they have to do it, and they have to do it so that – because we are either a nation of laws or we're not. And if, and if they don't, then the next Democrat that gets in there can do whatever they want to do without mm-hmm. impunity, without when you, fear. When you say they have to do it, Steve, do you mean they have to do articles of impeachment even though they know they will not remove him in the Senate? Or do you, are you saying they have to – figure out how to get the votes to remove him in the Senate. Because I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that there's a possibility. I'm praying every day that they they will have the votes in the Senate. And I think whether they do or they don't, they have to do it for justice, Jack, for justice. Okay, but I'm trying to understand what you mean by that. Do you mean go through the motion of doing it, or or is there is there value in trying and failing, or is it only valuable if you succeed? No, I think there's value in trying and failing, and you communicate okay. what you and your previous caller said. We're not doing mm-hmm. this for revenge, or anything. we're doing right. this for you. We're doing and and, and verbalize okay. and communicate and explain exactly what. History demands what justice okay. demands. Okay. What kind of country do the people want to live in? So I understand you now. I, I wasn't I wasn't clear at first, but you're saying, in other words, it has to be that has to be brought, and it, it, whether it succeeds or not, the the record must show that the that the charges were brought. Okay, I, I see that. Uh, John is on KTSA at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Hi, John. Okay, I guess I agree with you. I think it'd be a waste of time to pursue impeaching him. We've got so many other things that are not being tended to, mm-hmm. and all that would do was detract from, from everything else. We've got serious problems with Russia, with China, with our... Uh, we were talking about uh, COVID earlier today. There's, there's other planning that needs to be going on. Yeah. And what, besides that, what concerns me right now is the people in the government and the military who are now concerned about Russia invading Ukraine are the same people that did the planning and implementation for the Afghan withdrawal. Boy, that concerns me very, yeah. very much. That is and a I'm great a point. Air Force officer. Yeah. Now that's a that's a that you just said a lot right there, John. And thank you for your service. But I, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, the other thing I keep thinking of is um, we all know the Democrats were afraid Trump would get reelected. I, I I don't know anybody that seriously expects Joe Biden will get reelected. Do you? No, no. So that's maybe you just let you, maybe you just let the the, the gravity of this take care of it. You know, he'll sink himself. We don't need to sink him. Okay. 
John, well said. Thank you, sir. Good to have you tonight. So you know about the Canadian truckers protest and the CBC was doing some coverage uh, of one of the stops along the convoy, and they interviewed a woman named Gina, um, who I don't think the reporter realized what he was getting into when he asked this. You know, she was there, and he figured I'll I'll get some reaction from a person, a, a bystander, and this lady proceeded to tell him who she is, what's happened in her life, and why this moment. This uh, Freedom Convoy is so important. You've got to hear this. Take a listen. How many people support today's truckers? How many people are involved in Canada against all this tyranny, against Mr. Trudeau? Are you going to be telling this or are you going to be saying that 20 or 30 people? How many people are here? Thousands. On every bridge, we came from Innisfil, there is a dance, there is a thousand of people who are supporting, who are against, and actually we're staying without the mask, as you. You're enjoying staying without the mask? Well, I'm outdoors, so this is fine outdoors where okay, we are. Okay, indoor, you still believe in all this? Yeah, we believe in following the law, but I'm asking you about Following the law and false science and false official. You know what's going you, you on, guys. Speak. You know what's going on. Why are you making? Why are you lying? Why are you openly lying? Why? Why are you supporting official narratives? How many people, look, it's real Canadians who supporting real Canadians. I immigrant. I came here 25 years ago. I don't like Canada, what's happening in official. But this is real Canada. This is real Canadians. I do love them. Look at this hero, truckers. Support. They're fighting for us. For you, for me, for him, for everybody. What are they fighting for? For freedom. This is not a freedom. What do you mean how, by freedom? How it's possible that Trudeau and all this government mandate to do vaccine or something like this? Since when government forced to make a medical procedure? When? Since when? Do the doctor? Did he did this vaccine? I was recently, because my mom, 81 years old, she didn't speak any English. They won't let me to go to the hospital. They put me in a handcuff because I was upset. Are you think it's a, it's a normal Canada? It's a freedom for Christ's sake. We don't have freedom what's all. Do you know what that freedom does it mean? I don't understand. Put this on the you, news. I dare you put this on the news. Put it up I, there. They don't care. They want what's, it. What's your when name? What's your name, ma'am? Sorry? What's your name, ma'am? The government Gina. buys and pays Gina, for what? you. Buy and my pay my for name it. is Gina. Gina. It's okay. enough. Nice it's good organizations right. buy and pay be... for corrupt to the core. Right. It's corrupted. It's unbelievable. It's lie everywhere. Mm. I love her. Give, can we can we open up an hour every night on Fox for her? I want to hear her. She's like a Russian Laura Ingram. But uh, and you know. There again, you know, we, it's not just our country. There again, there's somebody that says, you know, I'm not from here, but I came here. I came here for freedom. And it's pissing me off that you people are throwing it away or letting it slip away from you. The, 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 some of the most interesting voices in our midst are people that know what we are headed for if we don't pull our heads out of our you-know-what. It's not hypothetical to them because they've been there, they've lived through it, they got away from it. We need to listen to them. We need to listen to Gina. And I keep thinking that TV reporter probably thought, I just need to get like 20 seconds of crowd reaction. Yeah, well, he got a lot more than he expected. For me personally, uh, Whoopi Goldberg begins and ends with Sister Act. 
I just I, I just liked that movie. I thought that was a fun movie. It was a different time. You couldn't make it today. You wouldn't make it today. You you're not Hollywood's not going to make a movie today with with uh, where the good the good guys are nuns, Catholic nuns. That's not going to. But anyway, I mean, I thought it was funny. I thought she was very funny at the time. She was she was a stand up comedian and she was in this movie and. Then I, I guess she did a bunch of other things, which I honestly I didn't follow her career that closely. But um, she landed on the View, which became this huge, long-running television show that I really don't watch. We we talk about it sometimes because there's so much there's so much fodder for the stuff we talk about that happens on that television program. It's hard not to, you know, pull pieces of it and play around with it but 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 I want to be clear uh Whoopi Goldberg for me is sister act not the view and maybe that's why I I really don't want to see her get fired or canceled or have her statue taken down or whatever is there a statue I don't even know um so if you if you don't know this started um on Monday when um they were talking about a tele, a, a a book in Tennessee or a, a Tennessee school district that was considering taking a book about the Holocaust off the reading list for ninth graders. And she kind of blurted out this weird observation about how she saw the Holocaust and that it wasn't about um, a race. Cut number six. Take a listen to this. If you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. No, it's about a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white oh, supremacy. Oh no 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 no! Whoopee whoopee whoopee! No, those Nazis weren't just meanies. They weren't just cruel to whoever they encountered. Um. The Nazis did not spread it around. Uh, first of all, they didn't beam down from a spaceship and come out of nowhere. They and, and they didn't invent the scapegoating or the targeting of Jews. They simply took it to a whole new level. I mean, McDonald's didn't invent the hamburger, but they they did things to the hamburger nobody had ever seen before. Henry Ford didn't invent the car, but he obviously transformed the ubiquity of the car. The Nazis didn't invent anti-Semitism or scapegoating Jews, but they professionalized it, sophisticated it, mass-produced it, mass-marketed it, and killed millions of Jews. They knew what they were doing. They used the power of government to do it. They went from being people that had feelings to people that had a policy and the instruments to carry it out. And um, if you want to say that the Jews were not a race, then you probably have to concede that race itself is kind of a construct, right? Like, however you define race, that's arbitrary. Because we're all human beings. We're really one race. So you could hear the oxygen suck out of the set when she said this. They all knew instinctively that she had just pulled the pin on a cultural hand grenade 
she didn't even wait till the next day. She went on uh, Late Show with Stephen Colbert to do Clean Up on Isle Whoopi. And here's how that sounded. Cut number seven. I was saying, you can't call this racism. This was evil. Mm-hmm. This, wasn't, this wasn't based on the skin. You couldn't tell who was Jewish. Mm-hmm. They had to delve deeply to figure it out. My point is, they had to do the work. But people were very angry, and they said, no, no, we are a race. And I, I, I understand. I understand. I, I felt differently. I respect everything everyone is saying to me, and I... I you know, I don't want to fake apologize. You know, I, I was I am very upset about, that people are misunderstood what I was saying. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't want to cancel her, and it's not just Sister Act. Um, you're on live television or radio. Sometimes you don't say it right or you don't get it right. You should be able to come back and fix it or clean it up or clarify it. I certainly have. Other people in our business have. Um, I guess what I think about this, though, is it, it would be nice if people like Whoopi Goldberg and the people who follow her, watch her, admire her, might draw from this that um, there is a certain humility required in painting with broad strokes and making broad statements about this stuff. She even admitted... Um, on the Colbert show that race means something different to her because she's a black woman. And I believe that's true. And probably all her life, that's what the word race was taught to her and meant to her and how it was used around her. Um, but there are other perspectives, there are other experiences it would be great if the, what came from this was not a cancel mob or a, a an apology tour, which we all have to do nowadays, right? I mean, this this whole thing is playing out in the most predictable way, right? She even came back on this morning and and tried to say some more about it. Here's what she she so she she had dug the hole even a little deeper. She tried to make it better. Uh, round two, cut number eight. Listen to this. I said that the Holocaust wasn't about race and it was instead about man's inhumanity to man but it is indeed about race because hitler and the nazis considered jews to be an inferior race now words matter and mine are no exception i regret my comments as i said and i stand corrected i also stand with the jewish people as they know and y'all know because i've always done that sounds a little like she's getting fed up with us i shouldn't have to explain this Damn it. I'm Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I was in the color purple for crying out loud. All right. I, you know, you're not, you're not better than anybody else because you have a radio show. You're not better than anybody else because you have a television show. Um, maybe the moral of the story here is that, hey, when you talk about race, you're not speaking for everyone. When you use the word, you're not using it the way everyone uses it. I could go other places with this. I could point out, you know, Whoopi Goldberg is pretty much a liberal, a leftist. I could point out that there is a serious and glaring, and I think growing, tendency on the left to be anti-Semitic. But I don't believe she's anti-Semitic, and I'm not going to hang that around her neck. I I think many of her allies are, and they're showing it. They can't just criticize Israel. They have to wish it off the map. 
and it's sickening, and it's a little disturbing because it, it does echo the past. It's, it's how these things got started. Uh, but I um, I would just, th- and I want to know what you think, 210-599-5555. I'd like to know how you feel about this. But I, I would just like to think maybe maybe you learn from this that you can't um, presume to speak about such broad issues for everyone. How different would it have been? And again, I, I do a live show. I always think later I could have said that better. I wish I had said that differently. <clears throat> so I'm not picking on her when I say this, but maybe it would have been better to say something like, hey, uh, regarding this book or regarding the Holocaust, I'd like to understand why people think uh, that that was about race or why the, the Nazis depicted the Jews as a race or why, you know, in other words, be open to people opening up to you. We just don't have enough of that, I don't think. We have so many opportunities to do it and so little of it. And um, maybe you feel differently. Maybe you feel like, hey, if it was if it was Joe Rogan, <laughs> they'd they'd want his scalp. So I want I want her fired. I want her taken off. I you know again I I don't watch the View. I if if they took her off the View, somebody would have to tell me because I wouldn't even know. Uh, but I'm not interested in that. And I'm not interested in doing things like this anymore. And I, I think people are getting over it, to be honest. So I think if you want to join a, a cancel mob, you better join one soon, because I think they're losing their uh, their allure pretty quickly. But anyway, Alex is on five fifty KTSa. Alex, good evening. Hi, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. What a beautiful day! I actually went swimming at the pool on wow. top of the Hilton here downtown. Look at but, that. You know, I I am all for you know what checkmate. Checkmate. What she did to Judge Janine Pirro and chased her out of the building, she should have been gone then. Now she should be gone. Have a good afternoon, man. Thank you for <laughs> okay. taking my call. you got a great show, buddy. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Alex is a self-contained call. He greets himself, makes his point, ends his call, does a time check, throws in the weather. Uh, 210-599-5555. No, I, I want to know what you think. Um, look, I disagree with what she said. It's historically ignorant. Uh, there's a lot of that going around right now. Uh, sure doesn't help when people who have the platform she does spread that or perpetuate that. Um, I, I, to me, it sounds like she, she gets it and, uh, I'm okay with that. But if you want more, tell me what you want to have happen here. And JJ is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Hi, JJ. Hey, Jack. Good to talk to you again. First of all, I want to thank you for taking care of, uh, all your KTSA brethren, and right now, Sean, I know he's been going through a lot, and you've been stepping up a lot. So um, thank you for filling in that morning slot as well. I know you have long days oh, doing thank that. thank you. Thank you. Um, the the point I wanted to make is you know, I'm, I'm really – I've never really subscribed to the cancel culture. I really just think that, you know, people stop watching. They, stop, they want to stop watching it. Now, I think the sponsors should jump in and start having a bigger say because they do that for everybody else on the other side. Now, I wonder as a Hispanic, what would it have sounded like if I said slavery wasn't a race thing, that it was a humanity thing because blacks sold other blacks to other mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. and people? And I guarantee Wouldn't go you, well for you. Wouldn't that. go well for you. Not at all. And, and we know mm-hmm. that. But why, but why is somebody allowed to continue the hypocrisy of making such statements that should have canceled her a long time ago? And 
it, it just doesn't make any sense and how people support her and stand behind her, even though she makes those things and they all forgive her. Yeah. But as soon as somebody comes close to making something like that on the other side, they always have to start yelling and screaming. So I'm trying to understand, would you would you like to live in a world where we didn't cancel people, where we, if they said something outrageous or that we disagreed with, we either tuned them out or we debated them? It would well, yeah. It, it, I think in a in a capitalistic structure, I think that would work that way because when people stop watching, it's like, well, why are they still on? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the okay. same token, is it's they yell and scream and they don't let the debates happen. They they say their opinion. No, I agree, but but I mean, I just wanted to see where your head was at on this. You 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 would rather we had the debates than not, right? Well, I'd love to. I'd love to know her view as as a with a Jewish last name. I'd love to know her view if I made the comment to her that I just made, and yeah. and let her I, help me understand. Because I guess I'm just trying to understand, JJ. How we how do we get to a place where we don't have cancel mobs roaming the countryside with torches and you know and uh, and nooses? And I think the way we get to it uh, is we we stop doing it. It's it's very tempting, especially when it's been done to you or to somebody you like or agree with, sure. and we've all had that. Uh, but the way I look at it, and I, and I know this is going to be an unpopular position, but Whoopi Goldberg works for a company that wants her to be controversial. Absolutely. That's how they get the audience. And so and can... when she's being told, take it to the edge, take it to the edge every day, she's going to do that. That's why radio guys get in trouble all the time. That's why there are shock jocks, and all of a sudden you'll hear one day that they get fired. Because they've got somebody in their ear every day telling them, you've got to be edgier, you've got to take it to the edge. And they do. Right. If, if I can make one more comment, I believe sure. the, the interview that you had from Canada, was her name Gina? Gina, yeah. I, 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 I was so excited to hear that. Another country in North America um, fighting for the yeah. freedom that the U.S. Yeah. supposedly says to have. Remember when we had the Karen, the Karens, and everybody started using Karens? Mm-hmm. I wonder how popular Gina is going to be now. How many people? <laughs> That's, are going a to That's a good point. That's I like that. We may have to start dubbing people who speak out Gina's. I like it. Thank you, JJ. Good call. Um, yeah, no, I. I'll tell you right now. I um, I've never been a morning disc jockey. Uh, but morning disc jockeys and morning show hosts, they get it the most. They've always got a consultant telling them, be edgy, be outrageous, take it to the limit. And then when you do, and I, and I, I have had people tell me this. I have had consultants in my ear. Um, oh, you, you know, come on, go for it. I'll tell you right now, though, and it's true of every one of these, these companies. When you do, if you go and, centimeter over the line it's like they don't remember any of that they don't they didn't know they said that they didn't hear we weren't in that meeting we never said what how could you have done that you know so this is a this is an old movie that i have seen many 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 times before and i promise you she's a they hire a comedian to be on a morning talk show this is exactly what they hired her to do be outrageous Remember when that show started, the main host was Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters. They had to get some controversy on there. Barbara Walters. You know, come on. So that's what they did. And they brought Whoopi Goldberg. She was at the time, she was the edgy one on that show. Now she's the main host. Now she's the Barbara Walters. But my point is, that's how you get to these places in these situations. And yeah, if you want to 
you want to say, well, they should take her off. They'll just put somebody else on, tell that person to be edgy and outrageous. That person will go further. So I, I don't know what it accomplishes. 210-599-5555. Will be Goldberg is certainly talking a lot more about the Holocaust than she thought she would be. Um, has she apologized? I don't know. Has she learned something? Yeah, I think mean, probably. Um, is there cause here for a cancellation moment? What do you think? Uh, and is that, you know, is that sort of where these things need to go? Is that how these things need to end? Because that's how they've been ending? Or would you like to break that? And how do you break that? And, um, I, I do think, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with a gentleman on the show named Dan Galertner, who's a really bright guy, really smart guy, and um, he had written a piece about how there is a tendency to put velvet ropes around the Holocaust and denounce and, and excoriate anyone who ever compares anything to it. And he said this as a scholar... And as a Jew, he said, we, we can't do that. If we're not allowed to see parallels, if we're not allowed to say, hey, this is how it started, or this is something that was a precursor, or this is something the Nazis did leading up to, if we can't ever bring that up or debate that, we're much more likely to have another one. It, it's not, a, it doesn't do a service to the, to the victims or the survivors or their families to say you mustn't ever, 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 ever talk about it. And I think he was right. We had him on the show because I thought that was such a profoundly important point. So I don't mind when people want to talk about it. And if they get it wrong, or we think they did, more discussion is, I think, the answer to that, the way to to deal with that. All right, Tommy is next on KTSA. Tommy, what do you think about all this? Uh, Well, so I'm at a crossroads because... I actually agree with you about, I mean, a lot of the time, uh, but to sort of give her a pass because she's walked back her statement over days, but pretty much doubled down on her comments on Colbert. Um, but, I mean, had anyone on the right made that statement or anything close to that mm-hmm. uh, would be crucified by the mm-hmm. left and never would be forgiven or forgotten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, in my opinion, I think it's time to, unfortunately, to hold these people accountable for what they say, just as they do to us. I mean, to, that have just a differing opinion. Now, what you mm-hmm. said earlier, like uh, you, you actually did just to say that, you know, I mean, the Holocaust and everything like that. I mean, there, there needs to be, you know, discussion about that, but I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things to where, you know that we we're com- anybody that has a differing opinion from the left is vilified almost forever and but we're always willing as conservatives libertarians whatever you want to call it we're always willing to forgive and forget and i mean i i, I just don't think that 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 we're we're hard with that we're 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 actually trying to we're not trying hard enough to actually hold them accountable when they do wrong. I think that's well said, and I, and I agree with that. I'm just not sure that the only way to hold someone accountable is to demand that they be fired. 
Well, no, no, no. Because no, when you no, do I, that, I, I, you also make them a martyr, and they may dig in deeper. They may get bitter and, and, and hang on even more bitterly to their already wrong-headed ideas. No, that's and that's a that's a fair argument, and I'm a hundred percent against cancel culture. And actually, the the whole the Holocaust is actually a great example of that because you know the this whole thing against free speech and and cancel culture and everything like that it makes it impossible to identify the the people that are just wrongheaded or have evil ideas. Right. You have to be able to identify these people. Right. And so canceling them or deplatforming them, they, you don't get, I mean, yeah. You, you drive them, them deeper into the crevices of their beliefs, and they fester, and they become exactly. even more committed, and you don't, you don't solve the problem at all. Exactly. So if somebody's anti-Semitic and you fire them, they stay anti-Semitic in private. That's all that happens. Exactly. And you know what? You don't know how many other people that are in private that are exactly the same way. And then, and that festers and festers, like you said. And, and we could actually have a bigger problem on our hands than what we're even aware of. Yeah. No, I, I, so that, that, to me, that's the, the, that's the reason why I, I would rather she stayed and took her medicine such as she gets it. And I agree, (laughs) probably won't get, she probably won't get as much of it as, as I would or you would if we were in her in her shoes but uh, tommy i appreciate the call i think you make a good i think you make a good point i i had a thing happen to me i've told this story before so bear with me if you've heard it but i very very early on in san antonio um i and when you hear this you'll realize how long ago this had to be because it's not a mistake you would make nowadays but i was uh on the other station i just come down here and i used the word oriental when the appropriate or preferred term is Asian. I said that not out of disrespect, but out of ignorance. Because when I was a kid, we would go out to eat in an Oriental restaurant. Or you would say, uh, that's an Oriental family that lives on the corner. Those words were interchangeable at one time. If you're over a certain age, you know what I'm talking about. If you're under a certain age, your mouth is hanging open like, what? Are you kidding me? But that's true. That's how it was. I said the word, no malice, no nothing but love and respect for Asian people. A gentleman called me. I'm not going to name him because I don't have his permission to drag him onto this show. He, he may not wish to be associated with me. I don't know. He was very prominent in the Asian community then. He probably still is. A, a, ver, a very well-known man at the time. Everybody knew him. He called me. Very calm, very polite, corrected me, uh, said he would like to meet. I went, I forget where we met, if it was his place of business or we went to some other place. I met him. He was really nice. Um, if I had to do it over again, I think I would have tried to maybe keep that relationship going, but it, it just didn't occur to me at the time. But I listened to what he said. I took it in. I accepted that I got it wrong. I corrected it on the air. My, my my point in this is not to pat myself on the back. My point in this is to say what he did is what we should do. And what would happen today, I'm afraid, is he's got to be taken off the air. Let me call the station manager. And, you know, 
And I don't know if it occurred to him to do that, or for all I know, maybe he tried to do that. I don't even know. But my point is, I like what he did and how he handled it, and I always go back to that when I think about these moments. Because I wasn't trying to be a shock jock, and I wasn't trying to go for the jugular, and I wasn't trying to get ratings. I just spoke, you know, awkwardly. And um, to be honest, I didn't hear from a lot of people. It didn't seem like that big a deal in terms of the response I got, but he, as one reasonable, concerned person, changed my whole outlook on that. I think we could have more of that. Who's with me on that? You know, that's that's what I'd like to have more of. On the JR poll tonight, we asked you, a lot of votes, got a lot of votes. Should House Republicans uh, bring impeachment against President Biden next year if they have the House to do it? the control of the House to do it. 63% said yes, they should. 37% no on the Stevens Roofing JR poll. We'll have another question tomorrow when we get started at 4. Also be in for Sean Rima between 9 and 11 uh, tomorrow. Um, heard that story about um, Domino's. Did you hear this? Uh, we had it on the news tonight. Domino's will pay you a $3 tip they will pay you a $3 tip if you order a pizza and go get it from them. They have such a shortage of drivers, you don't need me to tell you why, uh, that they're offering uh, what they call $3 tips. It's a credit on your order if you'll come and pick up your pizza instead of asking them to deliver it. And uh, they don't know if this is going to be a limited time or from now on kind of thing. So we were talking... Was it, I think it was yesterday, right, about how you go into stores now and they want you to scan the items and they ask you if you want a bag. And there's like less and less and less service and more and more that they want you to do when you're trying to give them your business. And so Domino's, Domino's wants you to come be their delivery driver, I guess. So Then I saw a story tonight. This is sign of the times all the way. A man in Switzerland has legally declared himself a woman in order to retire one year early. It only costs 75 Swiss francs to change your sex on paper in Switzerland. Apparently it's very simple. You don't have to provide documentation. You just need the 75 francs and the form. And it turns out that in some Swiss states, retirement benefits differ by sex. And in this particular state, Lucerne, women get to retire a full year earlier than men. And women receive more generous retirement benefits from the state than do men. How did that happen? Where were the men when that vote was taken? So this uh, gentleman lives there. And it could mean in U.S. dollars somewhere between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars a year, more, if he declares himself to be a woman, and he can retire a year earlier. So I got to be honest with you. When I read this, I didn't wonder why he was doing it. I wondered why there would be anybody not doing it. For crying out loud, it's a piece of paper. You don't have to act differently. 
You don't have to do anything differently. You don't have to change anything in your life. You don't have to, you don't have to clean out your closet or, you know, break up with whoever you're dating. Probably a good idea to tell them, but you know. Why wouldn't people do it? That's what he's doing. Getting extra money, retiring early, and on paper now he's a woman. What are you on paper? Oh, wait, don't tell me. We'll talk tomorrow.